Welcome to the presentation of the annual report and uh, Q4 results. I'm presenting here together with Roland and, and uh, we go through the highlights of the quarter and, and of the year. Bearing in mind the small print in the photo regarding forward-looking statements. The Q4 is uh, evidence of relentless execution of strategy what we decided. And the evidence there is that we are moving forward uh, and, and we don't look uh, sideways. We have full conviction for the strategy that we decided. In mining, it has been a good year. Significant growth in revenues, in particular in, in service. And our full year EBITDA margin adjusted is 10.6, which I'm happy about. We are looking at additional cost synergies that we communicate to the market and we have a good plan to take those uh, costs out during this year. There was some concern about order intake for the quarter four for mining. And, and if you look at the quarter four for mining and order intake, you need to bear in mind that when we talk about organic uh, comparison point of year or quarter four, and talk about 5% uh, order growth. Last year, quarter four, we still took business from Russia. Now Russia is out. We still took business for non-core non part of the business, and that is out. So the Russia is out, NCA is out, and, and uh, taking that into account, the order intake growth, quarter on quarter would have been between 10 and 15. So I'm actually really pleased about that one. The big achievement for cement in the quarter is that uh, the profitability looks uh, really promising. And it's further evidence that profitability over volume works for cement. So we are able to increase profits both in DKK terms and in percentage terms. Sustainability. We are improving all our ratings. So it's uh, going well. And also the, the KPIs are developing over time trend-wise to the right direction. And it's all about execution as we communicate it in the Capital Market Day. Key highlights for the sustainability, mission zero. There's only one negative uh, uh, KPI development in the quarter, and that has to do with the increased activity level in our own operations post-COVID. But everything else is developing to good direction. And also in these KPIs, the trend is the most important and, and the rest relevant quarter on quarter. So we are happy about uh, development all in all. So mining order intake is very significant, in my opinion, in, in, in uh, quarter four. Last year, we took orders, as I said earlier, from Russia. We took orders for NCA part of the business, and that is out. And we still were able to increase profit, uh, growth uh, 5%. Positive impact, of course, is from uh, acquisition of uh, 
to the of mining which is contributing to the to the order intake number. Revenue, another significant milestone for us. We are really happy about uh, revenue growth, especially in service part of the business. If you look at 45% growth in service uh, revenue, it is very significant. It also further evidence that our supply chain works, our supply chain for wares and spares functions well. And at the same time, we are reducing our business in basic labor services, both in order intake and revenue, and therefore really happy about uh, uh, the service number in particular. And the service is about 60% of the revenue. The adjusted EBITDA for the quarter in mining is particularly high. It's 12.4, and understanding that there's also underlying loss-making uh, Tussen Group Mining, loss-making mining technology uh, business still in the books, which is uh, diluting the profitability. So underlying uh, F.L. Smith legacy business is performing really well. But there are also technical reasons why the EBITDA margin is very high for the quarter, and Roland will come back to that one. So this is not indication of the run rate yet. So that is important to bear in mind. Extremely good quarter but it's not a run rate for the, for the business yet. But it's evidence that execution works. We see light end of the tunnel. It shows where we can go into in, in, uh, in two or three years of time. Cement uh, revenue declined, and order intake, sorry, order intake declined 20%. And that has to do more with the capital business. So the uh, capital business, we've been very selective about product orders that we take in. We will not take any orders that generate no EBITDA profit for the, for, the, for the capital business. So very selective there. So we've been de-risking seventh business, looking at risks and profitability on the capital business. Service business has been performing well at the same level compared to the comparison quarter, but small decline on the, on the, on the previous uh, quarter three. We are going through in cement full transformation to become more service-centric and more profit-centric operation compared to the past. And we've done major, major transformation during the quarter four. On back of that, I'm happy that, that we were able to, to have a decent orientation for the, for the service. And why do I say it works is actually evident here. If you look at uh, quarter 4, 21, and quarter 4, 22, you can see doubling of the EBITDA in terms of DKK, and of course, uh, similar uplift in the, in the EBITDA percentage. So it shows that uh, profitability of volume works, and we are able to grow the bottom line even with a small revenue. And this is a full transformation of the cement. During the quarter four, we also took out the layers of management in cement, and the new team is really energized to, to grow the service business. So 
This is evidence that it works and it's great foundation to start 23 for cement. In non-co activities, everything's going according to plan. We go through the backlog in detail. We have a good visibility, good understanding of the projects. In the backlog, risks, current situation and estimated uh, execution of those over the next couple of years. There's still some order intake for the segment from existing customers, uh, from, a, from contracts that we need to honor. So we've been supporting uh, our customers while we're exiting the business. But that number will come down fast, so we don't expect too much order intake this year for the, for the wares and spares. We are diverting customers to alternative suppliers. So no surprises there. The estimated cost of the exit, estimated speed is as planned. So there has been no surprises there. And then I hand over to Roland for the more details of the financial performance. Thank you for that, uh, Miko. <clears throat> so looking at uh, the consolidated financial performance for Q4 2022, uh, an order intake of uh, 6 billion, 6 billion on group level, revenue of 6.5 billion. And uh, when we adjust for integration cost for uh, integrating uh, XTK and cost related to exit of Russia, an adjusted EBITDA of 3.2%. Uh, then clearing uh, financials, uh, uh, tax true up, and a few other things, then a net uh, prof uh, loss uh, for the quarter of uh, 67 million. If we look at our gross margin for uh, Q4 2022, it's significantly impacted by an unrecurring exit cost in non-core activities of 270 million. If you look at the right-hand side, uh, both mining, but in particular cement, is moving their gross uh, profit uh, forward. But uh, the negative uh, cost of no a one-off nature in non-core is pulling uh, the uh, group gross uh, profit down by uh, a bit more than 4% to 19.9%. Uh, if you look at our SGNA cost, SGNA cost is uh, also up. This is now a full quarter where we have uh, included uh, my X, XTK. Uh, also, uh, the SDNA costs here have elements of integration costs uh, from integrating TK and uh, exit costs uh, from uh, our last finalization of the full exit of our activities in uh, Russia. But uh, SDNA uh, ratio of 18.2%. If you look at the group's uh, EBITDA margin, uh, it's admittedly uh, uh, some of uh, some uh, moving parts, and, and most of that is of uh, non-curring uh, nature. And we have tried uh, to illustrate that on uh, the bridge on the right-hand side. So if we start with the group's reported EBITDA margin Q421, there was a little bit of acquisition cost uh, from TK, and that meant that uh, the Q421 uh, Pizza margin adjusted was 7.3%. Since then, we have grown uh, organically and uh, we have added uh, XTK, and that adds 4.5% uh, uh, from revenue increase. The uh, non core activities exit cost, uh, cost us 4%, or a bit more, on the quarterly margin. And uh, 
we have also included mining technologies now fully in the, in the company that uh, costs 3% on uh, the margin base. And with a few other uh, elements of minus uh, 1.5%, we uh, end uh, Q422 in 3.2% uh, as an adjusted group EBITDA margin. And when we then deduct integration costs of uh, integrating XTK and also exit costs uh, from exiting our Russia activities, the groups uh, reported the beta margin for Q4 uh, come in at around zero. If we look at our networking capital, we uh, steered uh, our inventories firmly during Q4 uh, 2022 and also uh, collected well on our trade receivables. And that all meant that we improved our networking capital with almost uh, 300 million DKK. And uh, it also means we, in nominal terms, uh, bring, of course, our networking capital down, but also our networking capital ratio sits at 7.8%. Uh, and if we then look at our uh, cash flow, a uh, improvement in networking capital, but also a strong cash flow from operations leads to a CFFO for the group of 776 uh, million uh, investments of 116, and we had a free cash flow uh, for the group of 660 million for, uh, for Q4. And on the next slide, we see we have spent most of that reducing our debt. That also means that our uh, leverage ratio coming out of the year is down to uh, 0.6x uh, and well within our capital structure target of uh, staying below 2.0x. And that just summing it up, uh, uh, full year 2022, fully in line with our guidance. The group ends with a re uh, revenue of 21.8 billion. Our service share is moving up to 59%, up 2 percentage point compared to a previous year. This is exactly the direction we want. An adjusted EBITDA margin uh, of 6.4% for the year and a reported EBITDA margin of 4.3%. And uh, our financial guidance for 2023 fully in line with uh, what we, uh, uh, what we uh, talked about at the Capital Markets Day a month ago. Our mining business is now a clean, continuing business, uh, clean for uh, most of the adjustments we saw in 2022. So mining will uh, turn over 16 to 17 uh, billion uh, Danish kroner. And we will have an adjusted EBITDA margin of 9 to 10%. And what we adjust for here is uh, 550 million that is set aside to take out uh, the remaining synergies from the TK integration uh, by the end of, uh, of this year. Also, it's worth noting that uh, in this uh, guidance here, uh, XTK uh, includes around 2% dilution uh, for, uh, for 2023 in mining. Our cement business will have a flat 2023, six to six and a half billion in revenue. Uh, they will continue, or we will continue in cement to improve our pizza margin to four to five percent reported uh, for the year. And our non-core activities will turn over 800 million to a billion Danish kroner in line with our plans and lose about 250 to 350 million. And as Miko stated here, we still expect that the total wind down from we started the non-core segment in Q4 2022 until we are done in the end of 2025. 
will lose accumulated 1.2 billion. There's no change to that, so in, in terms of that, we are in line with, with our plans. And this means for 2023 that the group will turn over 23 to, to uh, 24.5 billion in uh, top line. Revenue adjusted EBITDA will be 6 to 7%, and our EBITDA margin uh, reported will be 4 to 5%. On the Capital Markets Day a month ago, we launched our new uh, financial targets, our uh, core strategy, core 26 strategy in mining, will lead us to uh, a full year 2026 result of 13 to 15% reported EBITDA margin in mining. Uh, likewise, in cement, a reported EBITDA margin of some 8% is expected in cement for the full year 2026. We also announced our capital structure targets. We'll keep our financial leverage between 2x. We came out of 22 at 0.6x, so well below that target. We will continue to pay our dividend 30 or 50 to 50% of our net profit. Uh, we do that also in 2022, where we have proposed a dividend of uh, 3 kroner per share, approximately 50% of our net profit. And that remains for the AGM to approve later this year in uh, March. Uh, we will also uh, allocate capital to selective M&A opportunities to support our sustainability journey and to further strengthen our uh, service business and selective areas of our uh, product business. As and when expectedly our cash generation increase during 24, 25 into 26, we may also decide to, uh, to uh, pay out extraordinary dividends in terms of jumbo dividends or uh, structures like uh, share, share buyback programs. And with that, uh, I'll give it back to uh, Miko. Thanks, Roland. Uh, as we said in the capital market today, uh, it's all about execution, a relentless execution. And, and uh, we have full conviction as, as a management uh, and extended management to deliver the plan, uh, bo both in, uh, in, in mining and cement. And, and uh, we have a line of sight for all our, our commitments for the, for the, for the uh, guidance that we gave, gave in, in, uh, in uh, Capital Market Day. So it's all about execution. It's full on. We continue as, as presented. Uh, and also a quarter voice evidence that, that uh, what we are doing, actually we, we walk the talk. And then we go to the Q&A, please. And at this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star and one on your touchtone phone. Again, that is star and one if you would like to ask a question. You can remove yourself from the queue at any time by pressing the pound key. We'll go first to Christian Hinderacher with Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Yes, good morning, everyone, and thanks for the opportunity to ask the questions. Uh, firstly, I just wanted to ask about the commercial strategy within minerals. Uh, in particular, you know, it's been well flagged that you've got ambitions here to move up the value chain in terms of product mix and also concentrate efforts on service. There's obviously been progress in terms of raising that service penetration to north of 60%. I just wonder if you could elaborate on what's driving that, that shift and also how we should think about pricing and, and competitive positioning more broadly, given what seems to be a concentration of efforts on service and on moving up the value train across both FLS and your peers. And then I'll come on to the second one. 
So if I start from the, for the product side of the business, we've done, as presented in the Capital Market Day, full analysis of the portfolio. And basically, we want to be where we play today, is, is concentrate the plant, and then, then input crossing conveying. And our absolute target is that we are market number one or two in each of the core products what we have. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, we have a certain growth areas that we feel that we can uh, do still much better in terms of uh, growth, like uh, pumps and uh, pumps uh, where, where, where we are market number two or three. But then, uh, then we have a kind of market leading product. So there are areas we can improve. But we feel that, uh, that, uh, that this kind of product technology centric approach is better than having lots of uh, empty kind of revenue, kind of bad quality earnings. So if we stick with this technology and product scope, that will uh, uh, result in, in better order in their quality, both in terms of uh, uh, profitability, but also risks. So we've been moving away from, uh, from extended scope in the project, steel structures, uh, this and that, what you do above and beyond uh, technology and products. So that seems to be working for us well. And then in service, uh, uh, we are moving away from uh, uh, cost plus pricing. And, and, uh, and, and uh, in service, uh, we can do much more with the value-based value pricing because we add lots of value, value to customers uh, with our offering and our solutions in, in service space. And, and, uh, and, and uh, we are moving away from kind of a doing cost plus uh, pricing. And I think that will, uh, that will give us some room to maneuver when it's... Uh, more based on the value what we provide to the customers. So I think uh, there's still room to, to improve in, in, in pricing. But uh, also that uh, we are at the same time going through the install base with a kind of a, uh, final detail just to make sure that, uh, that we cover all our full install base, that we don't have any kind of blind spots in any customers or markets that we don't, we don't cover our existing install base with our services. And we have a huge install base if I look at FSMIT and, and Tusen Group Mining combined. Thank you, Mikko. Uh, maybe now just turning to M&A, you talked about selective M&A opportunities. I'd be grateful for a little bit more color there. I guess there seems to be quite a good level of Hebron versus your two times net debt EBITDA threshold. Then, obviously, at the same time, you've had the broadest product offering in the market and, and the TK integration is ongoing. I just wonder how we should think about that in terms of scale, product areas, uh, and so forth. Thanks. So, so regarding uh, acquisitions, I think uh, what we are looking this year is more uh, bolt-on acquisitions and, and to strengthen our capabilities, especially in service. And we've done some organic capex as well, uh, kind of investing to, to midliner factory in, in, in Chile. But of course, uh, we are also looking at uh, smaller companies that we can acquire and then add to our competence base. So uh, area to watch is, is consumables and, and wear space because there our market there is still far too small in, in our liking. And then, uh, of course, we keep our eyes open also for the, if we have any uh, kind of product companies that, that might add either to our, our technology scope or then improve our market share in the areas that we are not, not strong enough, in our opinion. So, so adding a product might, uh, the driver might be the, the kind of market access or install base, 
or, or then, then piece of technology. But technology, we are happy with our portfolio, so it will be more market adding, uh, adding kind of acquisitions. But uh, what uh, we are now looking at for Roland is, is kind of small, medium sized. Uh, we are not having any eyes on any, any massive big acquisitions in, in 23. Uh, beyond 23, we might uh, look at uh, more kind of a significant uh, transformation acquisition as well. We'll take our next question from Lars Topham with Carnegie. Your line is open. Uh, yes, congrats with a good cue for a couple of questions uh, from my side. It's basically about how we should go from earnings to cash flow in 2023. So first of all, I wonder if, if you can give some color on where you see networking capital going. Uh, secondly, which level of capex do you see? And then, thirdly, I can see that uh, you have uh, quite a big increase in uh, provisions, and I can see you have 1.6 billion of uh, current provisions, uh, suggesting they will come into play within the next 12 months. So, so just wonder the EBITDA guidance you are giving for, for 2023. Uh, does that include uh, a very significant level of provision uh, reversals, uh, and, and what is that level? Thank you. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you for that, Lars. So, <clears throat> with regards to uh, to cash flow, we will, you know, the seven point eight percent out of Q four, I think, was a was a good one, and uh, <clears throat> we would expect the networking capital to start drifting up against the 10, 10 to eleven percent against. During, uh, during 2023. And uh, on the investment level, you know, it's a, it's a good proxy to apply 2% of our revenue. That's approximately what we expect to do in, uh, in, uh, in investment level. Now, provision uh, is admittedly a, moving, uh, a bunch of moving parts in, in Q4. So we have included TK uh, in the provisions. And we have also made a number of provisions. So here under the 270 million in, in uh, NCA, and we have provided uh, for, for some of the synergy takes out in, uh, in mining, and also uh, certain of the delayering that cement is currently uh, undertaking. And that means that, that some of those provisions will run off uh, and become cash in 2023, and some of those will, uh, will uh, hopefully be, be, be reversed or, you know, just, just used as part of the guidance. So the 1.6, you can clearly not, uh, not assume will turn into cash. That's not going to happen. The 270 million in NCA will turn most likely into cash over the next two years. There will be uh, certain elements of uh, the mining provisions, also maybe a couple of hundreds, that will turn into cash uh, next year. And that should be about it. So you'll take your your beta guidance, reduce it with, you know, some hundreds of millions in provisions, your capex, assume the same level in taxes, and then you're close to, uh, to a, a, cash flow, uh, a cash flow forecast. Fantastic and very clear answer. Thank you very much. And once again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star and one on your touchtone phone. We'll go next to Nick Houston with RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Yes, hi. Thank you for taking my questions. Uh, my first one is on the uh, non-core activities. 
wondering if you could give us some indication about the assets on your balance sheet that are related to these activities. And just thinking about how you know return on capital employed will develop in the next few years, and obviously. Um, you know, the CMD, you spoke a lot about the trajectory for profitability for the group, uh, but I'm just curious about how the capital employed is going to evolve over the same time frame. So, uh, yeah, any comments that would be helpful. Thanks. So, so, so on the non-core activities, uh, as, as you saw, we had a significant negative uh, gross profit uh, for the Q4, and that means that we, we provided for the 270. But we have also provided uh, a few uh, loss-making contracts where we have accrued the entire loss already up front. And that means that will, uh, that will then turn to cash over, as I explained to, uh, to Carnegie before, that will turn to cash over the next couple of years uh, towards the end of, of 2025. And then that will run off the balance sheet. So what you have then left on the balance sheet is obviously we have some uh, six billion in goodwill, we have uh, trade receivables and networking capital that you could estimate, you know, between uh, going upwards from here as we become more of a service company, so 12 to 15 percent networking capital, and then do your return on capital employed on that. Um, we we have taken the capital employed or return on capital employed out as a as a core KPI in our long-term target as we carry a lot of goodwill. And we think a lot of the value here is, is now improving our EBITDA margin as we move forward. So that is our focus internally over the next two to three years. I don't know if that, that was meaningful. Right, that's, uh, that's very helpful, thank you. Um, and then uh, on the uh, mining service business, could you maybe just explain um, you know, the, the trends that you're seeing there, because we've seen a bit of a deceleration from a very strong level in Q3 to, you know, what looks like still an okay level in Q4, but, you know, obviously not quite as good. Um, so any kind of explanation around that and, you know, the kinds of conversations that you're having with customers um, about the um, sort of level of, of service that they, they are looking for and yeah, just any commentary that would be helpful. Thank you. There, on uh, quarter three, there was some exceptional order intake also in the service space. And sometimes in service, you what we call capital spares is like non-annually recurring parts. And, and we have a couple of uh, big orders then for those, which is, might be a significant part of the meal, for example, that you replace every 10 years. And, and we have a couple of those, which is kind of a... Uh, non-annual non recurring part of the business, and I think uh, it was timing of those. So we got uh, a couple of good ones in, in, in South America for, for, for that. And I think then uh, quarter four is actually good for the service, but I would say that's more the level that, is, uh, that we, we look to grow. But I think uh, uh, quarter three was a bit odd one out in terms of uh, high order intake. But uh, on annual basis, uh, we still feel that we can grow the service year on year between, uh, uh, between uh, 22 and 23, but there will be a mixed impact uh, that we highlighted in the capital market day. So we are exiting some large labor services contracts basically as they expire uh, and, and uh, that will have some impact on, on the top line. Uh, but we want to compensate that uh, impact on top line with a growing uh, space and wares. So over time, within the service, 
the mix is getting better uh, because we don't feel that that, that uh, labor services, uh, uh, low-level labor services, value adding uh, uh, for us. It's not value adding for customer us to do it. So we focus on the kind of high high end of the services. So that that will have a positive impact on the on the bottom line, slightly negative impact on the top line. But it's 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 not an overnight process because we have those contracts in the backlog. So it. Uh, uh, it's uh, over the next uh, one or two years we uh, we are out of those uh, service contracts. That's really clear. Thank you very much. We'll take our next question from Roy Smith with UBS. Your line is open. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my question. It's Roy Smith from UBS. Um, apologies if you answered this in the preamble. I missed the first call, but... What was the split, uh, talking about mining order intake in Q4, the split between service orders and capital orders at 55-45 respectively, what was that on an organic basis, please? Um, and then also, if, you, if there was any difference across regions or commodities in order intake in Q4, if there's anything notable to call out there, be appreciative of any colleagues who give on that as well. Thank you. Uh... So, so we don't actually give exactly that uh, split uh, on o organic basis, but uh, the strong markets for the for the order intake has been uh, uh, South America, uh, North America, and Central Asia. Central Asia being uh, Kazakhstan, I think we announced uh, a significant uh, product order or bundle of product order from from there. So basically, Anna, we we expect those markets to continue to be active, South America, Central Asia being the most active markets from the investment point of view. But uh, yeah, we, we don't give out uh, the, the split between uh, service and capital uh, on an organic basis. Understood. Thanks very much. Cheers. As a reminder, that is star and one for your questions. We'll go next to Tommy Rilo with DNB. Your line is open. Hi, Nicole Roland. This is uh, Tommy from DNB. Uh, just a, a question on the uh, legacy mining uh, capital orders. This is now the second quarter uh, uh, in a row where the unannounced uh, order level is, let's say, roughly five to 600 million uh, uh, DKK, uh, and you mentioned that the comparison includes Russia and non-core activities, but uh, to what extent does this reflect your own decision uh, being selective uh, on orders? And uh, if you could comment this, if uh, this level is uh, sort of a fair assumption uh, for, for 23 the quarter. So, so the plant uh, instrument uh, in, uh, in quarter to quarter comparison is that we are, we are out of Russia, we are out of NCA in terms of, uh, but then uh, even uh, within the kind of core business, we'd be much more selective uh, with some of the orders. So we, we have a, a, a risk quota, as, as we've explained in the past, so that uh, we only have, we have risk category from one to five, uh, kind of uh, without definition. And then we say that uh, uh, we are looking at order intake and then how it turns into revenue that, that uh, that uh, scope uh, uh, four to five, which is uh, riskier either in terms, it can be risk, can be customer risk, country risk, or, or scope risk, or product risk. 
so that uh, it cannot exceed certain percentages of the revenues in, the, in 23 and 24. And, and, uh, and, and uh, we actually selected, so we've, uh, we declined some orders uh, because we felt that it's uh, empty revenue, meaning that the risk was quite high, profitability low. So as a company, we don't want to have uh, empty revenue. So we, we have declined some cases, but uh, I don't have the quantification of that one how much, but uh, we, are, we, are, we are still able to grow, but uh, we are much more selective. Okay, thank you. We'll take our next question from Klaus Salmer with Nortea. Your line is open. Thank you. Uh, also a few questions from my side, and I will take them one by one. So the first question goes to cost inflation or deflation and the whole pricing environment. So maybe you can give an update on this both within the mining and the cement division. That would be the first one. Uh, if I look at uh, there's no cost deflation, there's a cost inflation and it's broad-based inflation. And, and uh, we haven't found any index that uh, could explain the inflation. If you pick up uh, steel price, if you pick up any individual index, it's not explaining our, our kind of uh, inflation in our cost base. So it's broad-based. And, and uh, we assume that inflation continues still, uh, both in mining and cement. Uh, if I think about uh, organizational inflation, meaning, uh, meaning people cost, but then if I think about uh, the product cost, uh, we believe that the product cost in terms of a kind of a P&L continues to go up. Uh, and product cost is, of course, is material, is engineering, it's uh, transportation, logistics. So it's all inclusive, that product cost. But we are expecting uh, uh, that to continue going up. And, and, uh, and we continue to price above inflation, both in product and, and service business. So, so we are able to mitigate that one. But uh, uh, we, we, don't, uh, we don't expect uh, deflation. Uh, in, in our cost base, there might be deflation in one index or KPI, but that, that will not explain that it's not big enough to kind of bring down the all, all, all overall inflation in our cost base. Okay, just to be sure, uh, Mikus, did you say that you are pricing above uh, inflation rates? Or at least uh, meeting, depending on the product, what basically we are able to... Be, uh, we are, we are able to guarantee that there's no uh, reduction in, in, in product margin in any of our offering in capital or service. So we are able to, able to mitigate that impact of that one. But of course, uh, different product, different parts have a slightly different dynamics. But uh, all in all, if you look at the company level, we are able to mitigate the impact of the inflation. Okay, that sounds good. Then my second question goes to the non-core business and this 209 million order intake. So, first of all, why did you take this order and does that also come with your normal very high loss-making margin? So, so uh, thank you for that, Klaus. Uh, some of these orders, we have a contractual obligation to do uh, variations, support our customers and so on. So there's an element of us having to do it and then, uh, you know, we're also supporting the customers on the way, so we can't just pull the plug from one day to another. So, so uh, there's an element of being, you know, we have to do it, and then uh, supporting the customers. And we're not doing them uh, loss-making. We're not making them loss-making. 
So that's one thing. Second thing is, as Miko said, over the course of time, this will decline uh, swiftly as we move forward over the next quarters. As I remember the CMD, it was mentioned that you haven't, hadn't taken in any orders in this types of projects for the last nine months, but I might recall this incorrectly. No, the, way, the way we said it, we introduced, uh, in our legacy business, we introduced our so-called risk management board back in March. And since then, we have not taken any new project uh, orders in. So that's what we said. So we, you know, we are running off our existing backlog, and then we are getting TK on board. And then we are taking in you know, variation, small variation orders and in-out uh, spare requests to support the customers. So that's, that's how it was meant to be said, at least. So we had a restrictions earlier in place for FL Smith part of the NCA portfolio. And of course, we could only introduce those uh, after, after we completed uh, two single acquisitions. We can't, can't of course, uh, impose restrictions for third-party company. Okay, that makes sense. And just a, a small follow-up, the TK Mining, part of the business. So what's your updated view on the backlog and your possible liabilities and how is uh, employees taking the new strategy? Yeah, so, so maybe I can start, as, as we discussed, there's a number of moving parts in provisions and so on, right? And uh, we have uh, spent a lot of time now in Q4 being through the, uh, the backlog, both on the NCA side and also on, uh, on the continuing business. And to the best of our belief, everything is now provided for in, uh, in the PPA or opening balance uh, with regards to, uh, to uh, projects in the TK backlog. And uh, your question regarding employees, I think the same medicine what we've used for FL Smith now a bit longer. So it takes a bit of time to, to, to have a culture that you think about the profitability over the volume. And we started trans that transformation a bit earlier in FL Smith and then on day one, we started the same transformation with the XTK employees. Of course, transformation is not easy, but, but uh, regardless, we, we, we do it. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind of difficult medicine for some, but it's, uh, we still do it. Okay, thanks so much. That was all for me. And once again, that is star and one for your questions. We will pause to allow any further questions to queue. And it does appear that we have no further questions at this time. I'd like to turn the program back to our speakers for any additional or closing remarks. Uh, thanks uh, very much for your time and questions and, and, and your support for the transformation of FL Smith. And, and as you can see, we are well on our way. And, and we have a line of sight for our long-term targets. Uh, there might be bumps on the road, but uh, as you see, commitment of myself, Roland, and the rest of the executive team, we are full on with this transformation. And, and uh, we will not look left, we will not uh, look right, we just uh, we, we execute what we agreed. So thanks very much for your time and, and questions.